Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion. Uh, As always, brought to you by Broken Drift Productions and Banana Bros. And since it is Pride Month, I've got the Pride banana bros shirt on that we're rocking here who knows if it's still gonna be pride month when this is released but at the very least it's in our hearts all year round (laughs) it's fun to be gay 12 months out of the year right everybody so um see chelsea knows uh so hello i'm miles weber and with me as always uh my co-hosts uh my lovely wife heather weber hi and our friend from canada who is real uh susan thompson hello susan Hey guys, we we were just talking about before we started recording this, where it's like in junior high or high school, you always got like a, a friend who's got a Canadian boyfriend or girlfriend, and the question is real. So <laughs> our guest today, Chelsea, was like, "Oh, I've never met Susan in person, so who knows if she's real?" And we're like, "She's yeah. real. She's real. She's a real life Canadian." Which brings me into introducing our guest today. She is uh, not just. Uh, one of the funniest comedians working today. She is not just uh, a wonderful actress uh, in theater and and plays and and everything on film and all that fun stuff. She is not just a uh, cake baker and has her own cake business. She is not just an amazing mother to a wonderful now five-year-old. It's crazy to say she is also uh, our best friend. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Chelsea Bierce. Hi, hi! I did well, my pride. I did my pride makeup for you guys today. Did you see that? You did yes, absolutely. Yeah. We were saying we like the juxtaposition of like doing your eyeshadow in such colorful ways when yeah. you're on a podcast talking about depression. I know, I know, and I and I did. I followed it up with you know I didn't I didn't have depression for a very long time. I feel like I got the late set depression, you know, like later in life, you know? And so uh, people didn't believe me for a long time because I like color. Like my favorite colors are fluorescence. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. You can't have fun colors and be sad. I'm like, well, here I am. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But <laughs> I love her. Oh yeah. <laughs> Canada. She's mine now, guys. Sorry. She does have family. Her family is fantastic. So yeah, she is. She is already claimed by people. Damn. There's know, always right? room. There's always room, Susan. This All right. Is true. All right. I get Christmas. You guys get New Year's. We'll have family. This is gonna be a. That's gonna be a busy month. I mean, cause it, her birthday's in December, and then like it's gonna be Christmas with us, and then New Year's over there. I mean, that's so much. Oh yeah. We'll make it work. Yeah. Make it work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good place to start, though. I mean, like, right? Because, I mean, uh, that's kind of the thing. It's people with depression who you wouldn't expect to have depression. You know, I mean, I feel like depression is something that plagues comedians a lot and entertainers and people who you would normally kind of just classify in your head as, oh, they're happy. I mean, what could possibly be wrong? Uh, And so, yeah, you kind of are that. That's why I think it was going to be so interesting to have you on the podcast as a person who usually is just the light every time she enters the room. Uh, it's, It's probably hard for people to understand Uh, that there could be any darkness and when, when it doesn't make sense or whatever, you know? So, so what do you think, what is your, if you had to describe 
uh, your experience with depression to somebody like to somebody who didn't know what depression was, you know, I mean, what would you say to them? And that I, I think that question's very, very hard to answer for one person because everyone's depression looks different. You know, like uh, some people's depression will last longer than others. Some will come on and uh, from different triggers or stuff like that. You know, um, I could have a phenomenal day. Like today, I feel incredible. Today, I feel absolutely amazing. Um, but I know that it could switch very fast. You know, like it could. And a lot of times there's no warning, you know, stuff like that. Um I've had different, I've had depression come on, um, from seeing other people succeed. And that hurts me, you know, because I want to be happy for them. And then I selfishly turn it around and make, and look at me. And then I do the comparison thing. I mean, comparing anyway, I mean, you're just stop it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, uh, but it's so subconscious when the comparison happens and then instantly I'm sad, <clears throat> but then I get upset at myself for being sad. And so it's this weird cycle, but I, then I, then, and then I have this thought of, you know, like, I don't want to feel this way. I want to numb this out. And then I also have the cognitive thought of like, no, I need to live through this and go through it so that it's done. I don't want to, sh- you know, stuff this down. I don't want to hold on to it until later. Cause then I'll explode. So I don't know. Um, it's hard to say like, what is depression? Because I, I, I literally feel like it is a case by case basis and it looks different for every individual that suffers from it, you know? Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's why, uh, you know, to, to tr- I think you just explained it, you know, like what your experience is, you know, and, 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 and how it hits you because yeah, it is. I feel like there's, it's such a, a broad, spectrum of, you know, what happens as far as what is going to, uh, cue any type of depression and, and and what have you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's also that thing, like you said something about, um, you know, happy people that's, you know, happy people are people that bring joy to other people, you know, like we're comedians, you know, like that's our job is to make people happy. You know, so it's like in other in, you know, people's minds, how can these people who just, um, you know, just exist, you know, just send out joy and create joy, how can they be sad? You know, and I feel like it's hard for people to understand. But um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm done with that thought. I have no (laughs) idea what I'm going to (laughs) say. One of the interesting things about you, because uh, we're very similar in the fact that we're very work motivated. And if we stay busy, we can kind of keep our depressive states at bay to a certain amount. So do you ever find that your depression gets in the way of work or have you always been able to typically finish everything and then just get to a point where you can say, OK, I can just sit in this now? Oh, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I am. I am definitely one of those people who if I'm not too busy, then I'm not busy enough. You know, I pile way too much on my plate and that's just how I operate. I work better under deadlines. I work better when I have a lot of things to do because I'm just going from one project to the next. Um, and I feel like that does help me kind of keep it at bay because it's almost like I don't have time for you. Like, it's almost like that, you know? And it also, I think gives me a sense of, um, 
of control. You know what I mean? Like it gives me a sense of I've got this, you know, like, so, um, and I'm, and I mean, you guys know this because you know me personally, I'm terrified of idle time. Mm -hmm. When I have time where I need to be relaxing or I don't have anything to do, or I should be just resting. That's when I, it's like restless leg syndrome, but like my whole body, like, it's just like, uh, someone compared me to a shark recently. And like, if a shark stops moving, they die. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a damn shark. Yo, like, and that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I feel. Like I I'm constantly, it's from one thing to the other, you know, and I do feel like that helps me control it. Um, but when it does creep up, like I said, I'm, I won't shy away from it. If I'm in that state, I mean, you guys have, have seen me when I, you know, send you videos or talk to you. I'm like, I'm not okay right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm, it's okay. I'm going to be here for a second. I'll let you know when we're back to our regularly scheduled program, you know, for sure. Then? When was like, I guess the first time that you realized it was depression as opposed to maybe just like idle time or what you thought was a phase? Um, my depression, uh, was the result of a relationship, a bad relationship. Um, because I started to really look at myself and I was like, uh, you know, why did this happen? You know, um, was it me? Is it my fault? You know, because I have been told all those things. And, um, when you're being manipulated that professionally, like I was being professionally manipulated. Um, and I really started to believe a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, so mine came on from that. And I really think that because I was able to pinpoint where, my depression kind of stemmed from kind of where it came from. Cause I was, it was a lot on me where I, I had to do a lot of work on myself to be like, I had to uh, turn those thoughts completely 180, you know, and just remember where I was before I basically got just brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to, you know, do a lot of work on myself, but I, because of that, because I was able to pinpoint it, it also sent me into a deeper depression because I allowed someone to push me down to that level. Mm -hmm. And I also thought I was way too strong for that. So then that pushed me even lower. And I was like, I'm not as strong as I thought. Maybe he was right. Maybe this is this, this is this, this is this. And it just snowballed. And I hit rock bottom, you know, it's just, that was, you know, heavy, you know, drinking, suicidal thoughts, you know, like all this stuff, like it was just, it was really, really bad, you know? So, and then, um, it actually came up, um, in therapy and it came up, uh, when I went to the doctor for some physical thing, like it wasn't even, I went to the doctor to try to talk about my mental state. And that's when, we were talking about my physical ailment or whatever I was in there for. And the doctor was like, "Mm, we need to talk about this and just started talking about me mentally. And she was like, yep, 
this is, yep, you need to see someone, you need to do this, this is this. And she's the one who was really, she saw the pain coming through just me talking in my normal state. So that's kind of how it came up. Was she your primary doctor for a while? Like, had she known you for a while or was this kind of a newer doctor? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was newer. Yeah. And I was a new mom. So like every time we were talking, it was because, you know, she wanted to know about the post-pregnancy stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, how I was doing with all of that. And, um, and then I went in for something that was for me, like just something for me. And that's when she was like, Mm, let's take a moment, you know? And so, uh, yeah, so I had seen her for, you know, a, about a year. So, yeah. Well, well, good on her, good on her for, because I know a lot of doctors will just be like, all right. And next, next person. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. nonstop. It's, oh, it's all in your head. You're fine. Just go for a walk. You'll, you'll get over this. Mm-hmm. Your your story rings so true of so many people and especially women. We need to start listening to women and mm-hmm. they they know their bodies. They know what they're going through. And your story, so many levels. I'm like, yeah, wow. Like it's it's funny how the same kind of things come up over and over. So many people, but we still don't recognize it or the medical profession still kind of well, it is what it is. I don't know if it's a lack of caring like we've mentioned this before i don't know if it's a, a pay-per-use system like you have in the states i don't know if it has something to do with a public system like we have but it doesn't seem to be that no option is better than the other mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure wow yeah and then i was uh they actually I've, i was prescribed um a medication <clears throat> a medication i don't remember which one but when i got that i knew how valid the diagnosis was, you know, uh, cause I didn't want to believe it for a long time just cause that word depression scared me. That was a scary word for me to hear, you know? Um, and then when I got diagnosed medication, <clears throat> I held on to that bottle for weeks. Yeah. I never, I, I never, yeah, I never took it. I never took the medication, but I had it and I stared at it for days. I held it in my hand for a while. I had it on different places in my apartment I never took it um I didn't want to numb I didn't want to numb mm-hmm. you know um as an actress and as a comedian and as someone who wants to portray you know and exude real life feelings and oh. situations and you know all that I want to feel yeah and numbing my sadness out was not an option for me. I was not going to do that. But so you went the therapy route, right? You kind of yeah. did go head on with that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was, a, uh, and, uh, the relationship I was in the, you know, um, the really bad one, we would, we went to, uh, therapy together and, uh, we tried to make it work. Then when we realized we couldn't, um, then we went to therapy uh, individually to the same therapist. So, you know, we really wanted to make it work, you know, um, because we have a child, you know, so we wanted to get to a point where we were, um, okay, you know, mutually, you know, we're neutral with each other, you know, we're okay. Um, and so, and we're there now, it just took, it was a long road. For sure. That makes sense. What do you, 
What do you do for you that isn't work? Next question, please. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it's it's so fun because I will find new hobbies for myself and then just turn them into work. Like that's just what I do, and it's not okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what I yeah. I don't do a lot that's not for money you know like everything that i do it it ends up turning into a side hustle a side hustle a side gig uh, you know this um we just but, asked that question because i mean we knew we needed to get you on some type of recording admitting that it wasn't okay and so now <laughs> now that we have that we will hold it against you in the future <laughs> um, revenue streams anything Oh, we get it. And I mean, yeah, she's a, yeah, as a single mom, that's, it's, it's the perfect justification to never have to handle any of your shit. So that's where it's like, take a few, the something that's for you and not really for anybody else. You know, I mean, defense, she has tried, you know? Oh yeah, she has. She making dog treats with her son as a bonding thing with her son and then that ended up turning into a side gig yeah, yeah. there's there's attempts there she has tried yeah. <laughs> I, have. I have and so i mean to be completely honest if i if i really need to take time for myself like if i start to feel it because sometimes the pressure does get to me and i, I this is 100 percent true i do have to schedule days where I block off and I'm like this, I don't know. I'm sorry. And I will say to people, I'm, I'm out of town. You know, if they want a cake, Mm -hmm. if they want me to do a gig, if they want something, I'm like, I'm out of town. If I just say I'm out of town, I'm clear, you know, and I won't be, um, pressured or feel guilty to like jump in and work and just like, okay, it's for you. It's for you. Mm -hmm. And I have to schedule those for me days. Um, and for me to be successful at those, I have to leave. I have to go somewhere else if i'm in my apartment game over i will be working but um if i'm somewhere else awesome um and i also love garbage television and that's the only way that i can check out is if i'm turning on 90 day fiance and i'm watching people that are in worse situations than i am i feel better about myself that's this is probably the wrong place to say this but you're not a, we watched the bachelor are you kidding <laughs> no way you two do not yeah. <laughs> it would take you bachelor people that's amazing absolutely oh, yeah, some people about oh. their people go through their shit and see yeah. how they handle it and then critiquing oh well this is how i would do it if i was in that situation so yeah yeah yes that's a thing. Yes. Yes. Susan, did you have a question? No, I'm just, I'm listening. Oh, okay. and I'm, This is, this is, this is too good. Like 90 day fiance. I'm like, I'm there with you, girl. Uh, my <laughs> house has dragged me into it. And I'm like, I'm never going to watch that. And I do, I watch it. I'm like, Oh my God, my life's not that bad. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny how that works. And I'm like, but then I'm like, how am I medicated? And these people are not. It's a whole new follow acts to come up. So, but I know what you mean. You need that time for you. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, and just Chelsea, I know like just knowing you personally, you enjoy nature, you enjoy water. I know you've said before that that's very grounding for you. Yeah. I know it's like on those days, you're not just watching 90 Day Fiance. You do go out, you go for walks, runs, take yeah. the park. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, the thing. If I, go to a, if I go to a body of water, I feel like I've hit the reset button for me. That's that's for me because I've always lived close enough to the water where I can either walk or bike there. And so the water for me is is your like you said very grounding and it just it starts fresh, you know. Well then uh, you can't go to Toronto, you're going to have to live with me in Vancouver. That's your only option. There you go. So when they don't have custody of you, huh. you'll Vancouver. Got it. I'll write that down. Perfect. See? See? And I know that when you go when we go on the road together all the time, you know, I mean I I'll always be like, "Hey, we're going for a walk. Come on. Like, I mean, hey, we're going to go do this. Or, oh, there's a park here. Or, hey, there's water nearby. We always go see the thing. We always go do the nature stuff. Usually we're on the road. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're usually real good about go outside. Let's go do some shit. But right. I do want to circle back because I had a question earlier about work that just popped back into my head. Because um, I know, like you were talking about, when it's like when when situational depression hits you and things that happen, that'll just cause you to just kind of fall in your own sinkhole as it will of sadness um it, as an entertainer we often can just later you know because you had said like i don't have time for this right now right. and so because i've had it before where i've gotten horrible news walking onto stage like yeah. a text or a voicemail or like a post i saw about like my home club burning down backward <laughs> home you know what i mean so like i've gotten terrible news going on the stage and had to just nope can't right now and right. for me that is emotionally taxing like if i feel afterwards i i kind of just black out during the set and mm -hmm. get through it it goes fine but then i am just so tired and just it sticks with me for so long and it's such a crash and i feel like it gets worse when I, the more times i have to do that do you experience a crash when you have to kind of push off uh you know like what what is that like and what do you do about that I don't I don't know if I would consider it a crash just because if I do experience it, I don't think I've noticed it to the point of this is probably a result of, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So uh, but I've definitely experienced what you're what you're saying. You know, there have been multiple times where it's like I want to do anything else on the planet than do a set right now. But we are getting paid to be funny at this exact moment in this exact room to these people go, you know, and that's what we now we're on and I can be on in an instant. Oh yeah, I can go from being completely comatose, depressed, sad in my head to being on completely energetic and bring the energy of the room completely up. Is it exhausting? Absolutely. hundred percent. And if I do experience a crash, I mean, I will go with it. A lot of times I work through it. I usually go from one job directly to the other one and just work through the crash. Probably not the healthiest, but it's the way that I operate. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I get it. Uh, are there any things that 
people say to you about depression that you think aren't constructive and uh, they might come from a halfway decent place sometimes, but it just kind of seems to go against what they're trying to accomplish. And if there are those things, what do you think is a better thing from somebody from the outside trying to come in? You know, uh, do you find it irritating if people try and fix everything? Like, what do you think? What's your experience with that? Yeah, I feel like the only thing that really annoys me, because a lot of times during, you know, my depressive, you know, like episodes, for lack of a better term, I feel like um, I, I go inside a lot. And I, mm-hmm. that's when I sh- kind of shut down. Um, and if I do want to talk about it, a lot of times um, I'll just want to say it, get it out of my body, and then never discuss this again. <laughs> like, let's just get it out and move on. Um, I don't like when people offer me a lot of self-help tips, especially Mm. when they're not uh, asked for, because then I feel like someone's just trying to quote unquote fix me. And I also don't like if, if that does come up, you know, then it's like, well, just, you have to like, let me know that you're not looking for a solution. You don't. And I'm like, I don't want to say that every time. (laughs) Like I feel like it should just be known that you don't help unless someone kind of says, Hey, I need some help. You know what I mean? Like sometimes if I'm sad and you're the one that I've reached out to, let me just say it. Let me just vent because venting I've, I, I've seen the benefits 10 times over. Like I feel so much better. A lot of the times if I just vomit this out, get it out of my soul and move on. I don't want to talk about things that could happen next time this comes up. I don't want to talk about things that, you know, I should be practicing so that this doesn't happen again. Nope. Thank you. No, thanks. You know, so I feel like just unwarranted help. I don't like it. So it's like, unless you explicitly say the word help. It's like, yeah, don't, I'm just, this just, I need to just, this just needs to be not in me anymore and out in some regard. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said for just releasing, you know, releasing some stuff we've had, and we've got how many of those like Marco Polo messages back and forth to each other, where sometimes we just need to be, I'm going to scream for five seconds and then hang up. Ah! I mean, like, yeah, every now and then you got to, so yeah, you got to do that release. I get that. Yeah, it's true. Coming from like an entertainer's perspective, because you do stand up, you do theater, you do all these different things. Um, What do you wish more people knew about entertainers struggling with depression? Great question. That is a phenomenal question. Wow. You should have a podcast. Um, um, I don't know. Um, I feel like depression, um, there's more entertainers that suffer from it than, you know, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. I also feel like entertainers, um, like I've seen it when I, you know, when I work on the road and stuff like that and, you know, like celebrities get it a lot when they, people just, they see them and they, people expect them to be on, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I remember that they're people (laughs) like, just remember that they're people that they like their downtime 
sometimes that we don't like to be on, you know, um, and that, you know, even the loudest, craziest, most energetic ones that you can deal with sometimes like the quiet (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Um, so, you know, if, if I am in that state or you see someone who's usually the life of the party bouncing off the walls and they're kind of taking a minute, let them have it, you know, um, don't ask them seven times if they're okay or if they need something. They'll let you know. Just let them, just hang on. That's it. Just calm down. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, people people should know that because I know Miles has dealt with that plenty of times where he'll have an off day and people get mad at him for having an off day. Like, well, you're not supposed to. You're not allowed to. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I get people actually get shitty with me like that that's the weird thing because it's like after i get like one ask of if you're okay and i'm like yeah i'm just you know kind of feeling funky today so but i'm cool i'm just chilling it's all good i'm just chilling and that's usually what i'll say i'm just chilling man it's all good and uh and then i was like uh well miles is in a weird mood uh and then they'll just kind of go tell people like uh well don't talk to miles he's in a weird mood i'm like this that's not helping either (laughs) telling everybody to stop talking to me like oh yeah alienate him that's gonna help him yeah (laughs) yeah definitely make him feel like everyone knows something's wrong with them right now. That's that's what you should definitely. That's like what step three in the twelve step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's it's weird as a when you when you're usually the person that's kind of bringing the energy and yeah. has if or you always have something to say. You know, that's that's good. And in that, in that moment, and it's fun. Uh, if you don't say the thing, people yeah. are like, "What's wrong, buddy?" Like we could, and then you get the weird like you know, man, we could talk anytime. I'm just like, I know, I know we can. I'm fully aware I could choose to talk to any of you at any given time. And you would probably be like, okay. It'd be weird right. if you were like, nah, I'm sorry. Fuck you. I don't like you that much. Like, <laughs> so I mean, right. yeah. And, and I mean, we do need to, you know, give space to the people who genuinely do want to help. Oh, you yeah. know, like there are definitely those people. Like I have those people in my life who, don't suffer from depression or they're not in entertainment and they really want to make clear how there they are for me, you know, like I'm really here for, and I'm like, no, I totally know. Like, and they don't know the best way to approach me, you know? And so we, I do need to take that second just to be like, we appreciate it. Like we do. And someone, you know, who's going to be for lack of a better term, like an ally, for you know the people that suffer from depression it's great um but i do feel like it's important uh for these people in your life to it's important for you to know how to approach them if i'm in this state the people that are closest to me you need to know what i need right now and what i don't need right now and if you really want to be my ally remember that when i'm in the thick of it you know mm-hmm. and usually the best is not smothering somebody they will come to you when they're ready right you guys have probably bolted into rooms and you're getting ready for a show or something you just want that quiet five ten minutes to yourself and it's not to be rude or mean to anybody it's to collect yourself if you've been having a bad day to put yourself in that best position so that you can do that show to the best of your ability 100 percent. right yeah wow Well, I think people also just forget, you know, like you said earlier, entertainers are people, you know, like yeah. even especially with Chelsea, you and Miles, uh, like when we all quarantine together, people are like, oh, that house has to be crazy. And I'm like, there's times where it's like loud and passionate, but there's other 
times that we're just chilling, watching TV, doing normal things. And so, but that just baffles people. Like, oh, right. they're quiet, like, yeah. normal stuff. What? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. You put your pants on one leg at a time. What? That's mm, I don't, but I mean, yeah, but you're just people. You like to be different, Miles. Oh, yeah. I'm setting a trend. I'm telling you, it's going to work <laughs> out. I mean, I just call it a bigger second pocket. So, I mean, uh, it's going to happen, though. I you fit. don't wear pants. You're not wearing pants now. Like, I'm get not. Out of here. I'm pants really so, not. So 2019. I've got on shorts. So, yeah, I, I definitely. <laughs> 100 percent i'm not wearing pants that's usually what is happening if i am in this seat broadcasting usually there are shorts on so that's true that's very true um uh do you think that uh because we're gonna be circling around to this on our 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 next episode or an episode coming up we we kind of go over these uh situations with mental health in the media uh as far as like media goes i know you had touched about like reality tv and everything are there any other portrayals in the media depression that you uh look at kind of objectively or like have a problem with or something that kind of bothers you about the media or maybe it's social media you know i mean where do you think there are some driving forces that aren't helping people's depression and do you think that there's anything that we should probably change for the better with media or and or social media to to help people I don't know. Um, media wise, uh, I'm actually just thinking of the ones that I enjoy as opposed to ones that I feel like we should change mm-hmm. when it comes to social media, though. Uh, I feel like taking breaks is vital. Uh, you know, like my sister just deactivated her Facebook account because it's, she said it got so noisy for her. And she was like, this is no longer bringing me joy. Mm-hmm. I need to delete my account. So she she actually she did that. And, um, and now, you know, she's like, I, it, I feel very free from doing that and just hearing everybody's opinions. And, but I mean, we don't have the option of doing that because we're entertainers and it's like, we need people to know where we are, you know? So wow. it's like, uh, the option of, of, of deleting social media for us is not an option. Taking breaks, hundred percent an option, you know? And I, th- I feel like, uh, limiting your social media, um, interactions is great for your mental health. Uh, I think it's great to, um, I feel like, and social media, that's where the comparison thing comes in too. Cause I compare all the time. What are you posting on your social media? The best things that happen, you know, you rarely see these sad Sally posts, you know, because it's like, people don't want to see that they see that. And then they start muting your page or unfollowing your page. Cause it's like, well, I don't want you to bring me down, but you know, but I, I feel like real shit should be shared too sometimes, you know? So, um, I don't know with social media, I definitely feel like it should be taken in small doses, you know? Um, and you know, periodically, but when it comes to like media, I'm actually, I can't stop thinking about the ones that I'm using, like for my son, I'm using these great examples so that he knows what you're feeling is okay. You have really big feelings. Toddlers have really big feelings and they don't know how to process it. They don't know where this is coming from, what it means, but it's exuding out of their bodies at an alarming rate and they don't know how to handle it. Um, My son and I sit and talk every single day. He's five years old and we sit down and we talk all the time. Tell me what's going on. Why do you feel that way? 
that's okay. That's okay. And it, he's, you know, sometimes he'll cry and he's like, I feel sad now. I want to cry. I'm like, great, go, you can do it. Do you want to cry with me? Do you want to cry in your room? And he'll choose, you know, um, like, uh, examples in the media, Eeyore, Eeyore's very sad, but his friends are around him all the time. They love him. Like they don't leave Eeyore in the hundred acre wood by himself to cry in a corner. He's still got friends and they accept him even though he's sad, you know, uh, in inside out Pixar movie chance. My son chance loves that movie. And you know what? I love that. He loves it because he can pinpoint how he feels by the characters on the screen. So I feel like mental health is definitely making its way into more mainstream media. And thank God, like, I want this stuff to be out. I want, you know, like, I want it to be so mainstream that we talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. The fact that my kid is so comfortable talking about his feelings, even when he's embarrassed or sad or, um, you know, excited, proud, happy, all of it. That's what I want. I want him to be able to just openly talk about it and know that it's okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. Grumpy bear too from Care Bears. And see, Grumpy Bear, yes. He was always sad. I always have one here, always. It's okay to have feelings. There's nothing yeah. wrong with feelings, ever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I brought, I'm glad you brought up the your son, because I mean, that that's so vital is, you know, as a mom relaying to him, you know, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on with my feelings. And 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 if you feel this way, this is a good way to handle it. And then teach him like, hey, if you need to cry, you can it's OK to kind of go somewhere and collect yourself and let it out. Let it happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't just bottle it up, and especially being mother of a son. I think that's such the the vital work that I feel like a lot of moms hopefully are doing now for the next generation of males is like, hey, man, like just it's okay, Let it out. It's totally fine. Because I grew up in the opposite. I was in the house of I'll give you something to cry about. Stop it. Knock it off. Quit it. You're being uh, like you're being and then just insulting. You're being a baby, you're throwing a tantrum, you're being a wussy, you're being a sissy, a pansy, na- like all these things. And it's you're like being a girl. You're being, you're being a girl. A, you're being a girl. You're acting like a girl. Man up, all these things. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm sad already. Insulting me repeatedly. Oddly seems to not be working. Doesn't seem to be doing that. No, Nancy, nope, that didn't help. You want to try another girl's name? Maybe that's the, the, the any type. Helen. Maybe that's the one that I'm going to be like, yay. Like, yeah, I could totally be Helen. Thanks pop. Like, so yeah, I, I thank you for kind of being one of the moms uh, leading the charge as it were in uh, having open mental health discussions with your young one. For sure. Gosh, absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I knew I I want him to know, you know, I mean, it's be it's it's gay pride month right now, you know, and I had people ask me recently, how do you teach gay pride to uh, to your son? And I was like, it's it's very easy. He doesn't know any other way. You know, you can love a boy. You can love a girl. You want to wear makeup, wear makeup. You want to, you know, dance to this song, wearing a dress, wear a dress like uh, he the option. I need him to know that his options are completely limitless in every way, shape and form. And if I 
do that, if he grows up knowing that he can do and be and go and succeed in whatever he wants, then I win. I've done it right. You know, isn't it kind of odd how like we live in a society where people will ask you like, well, how do you even explain the concept of uh, pride or any of the things that you just listed? How do you even explain the concept of that to your child? And I think that just speaks to like the limiting nature of their life. And it's like, Hey, the way you exist, the world you exist in seems to clearly be very constrictive and very set in. You have to do this, this way. And whereas what you're describing is like, if you want to love this person, love that person. If as long as you're not hurting anybody and everybody's consenting and having a good time, like do whatever you want to do. If it makes you happy, just do it. Like, and so it's weird to me that, the concept of do whatever you want versus we're so conditioned, we're so controlled, we're so brainwashed and warped that the thought of explaining just do what makes you happy is like, how do you do it? Right. <laughs> We've got this set, set of rules of what society is supposed to be. And we're starting to change what those sets of rules and everything are because we're realizing we're like oh 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 you're not as successful you're not as good and you're not as healthy if you're not real to yourself and the people around you especially children children are impressionable and this is their world we all know that we're all for a very short period of time we don't look after those kids nothing's going to change we want to get rid of homophobia and everything else we've got to start with that youngest group and making them understand like you are the way you are that's it. Accept it. And let's try and get, let's get you to a better place so that you can be happier, a productive person of society. And you might be surprised by just being you, how much you help that next person. Mm-hmm. I have a question, Chelsea. Are you open to your, and when you're, when you're in your sad times of depression? Say that, say that one more time. Are you open to chance when you're in your depressive states? Like, are you vocal about telling him, okay, I'm in this position right now? Yeah. And actually he sees it. He sees it um, sometimes more than I want him to see it, you know, but I know that he needs to see me in my real sad state when I'm there. And it is incredible to watch how tender this five-year-old energetic dinosaur monster truck loving kid can be when I am stationary, when I'm still, if I have tears in my eyes, he will, he just, he bucks up and he knows exactly what to do. You know, he will, he'll go get me a glass of water. He'll sit down next to me. He'll hold my hand. Sometimes he puts his hand on when he does this, my heart just explodes out of my throat, but he just, he'll put his hand on my face and just, and just stop. And he'll just look at me and just stop. So he knows he gets it, you know, and it is, it's, it's beautiful. And it's moments like that where I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. He's, he gets it. Yeah. Thank God he gets it. And he knows that it's okay. You know? You're doing the right thing and you broke Susan. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. That's for a little, for any kid, for a little boy to have that kind of relationship with mom. Yeah. 
that's yeah. that is something that no one can ever ever take away that's incredible that he knows that yeah. yeah like my kids know my kids know when it's a good day and a bad day i tell them because the only way to be the best parent possible is to let them in parents are not perfect right we, the kids don't come with manuals dear god i wish they did at times i'm like where's the manual right but yeah every day is different and there's no set rules and you just gotta have if nothing else a few good people around you to call at any time mm-hmm. and even if you don't reach out that they reach out to you mm-hmm. yeah and you can see it with the three of you and i'm just like oh this is so nice but yeah. when you said well, your son i'm like my heart i'm just like oh oh my god <laughs> what wonders that does him in his future relationships you know whether it's romantic friendships anything like that he'll be able to pick up on all of those cues in his relationships later on down in life right just huge so yeah and and I can see it not only with me with me it's very very obvious when he can see that he needs to be you know kind to me and 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 gentle with me softer with me right now uh but I really see it when he's with his peers, you know, and he's picking up mommy. She's sad right now. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You know? And so, or, um, or one of his T-ball team members fell the other day, you know, and scraped up his knee and, and he didn't want to play anymore. And, you know, chance just sat down next to him, you know, and just put his hand on his back, you know, like, are you okay? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, they just, it's beautiful to see him apply it to not just me. Once he's, he's realizing that these are real feelings, that it's not just mom, you know, like other people can have them too. And he knows, okay, you know, let, my friend is hurting. How can I help? You know, Hello. so. Dynamite. Genuine moral empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you start young, like, you know, it's just going to be ingrained. It's just what you do, you know? So it's just that it's yeah there was no other way in my head to raise this little boy I want you to know human nature I want you to have this sense of empathy you know and all this stuff be completely inclusive of everybody we're all human beings you know like I want you to be part of that so yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely 100 percent well, uh, I don't think we have any more questions, right? Everybody's good. Um, so. Oh, I found my life partner. Oh, yeah. Susan's <laughs> in love with you. So there you go. Fine. You're going to have to get in. I am so in love with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to be fighting a lot of women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drag brunch right now. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Anything can happen. Uh, well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast with us. And I want to acknowledge uh, your openness in discussing, discussing your own personal experiences with depression and, and your life and your family's life and your son's life and just uh, your, your work life, everything, all of it together. So it takes a lot to, to open up and talk about vulnerable things with such bold eyeshadow. And we appreciate you and acknowledge you for it. Uh, so thank you friend for being on our podcast today. We appreciate you. Of course. I'm glad you guys are doing this. You know, it means a lot that you guys are, are doing this and, and it's, it's a touchy subject, you know, it's scary to get into, but 
it's also insanely important. So I, I applaud you guys for getting this thing started. And, uh, and I'm honored that you asked me to be a part of it. Of course. We'll probably have to bring you back just for a whole children's mental health. Oh, yes. Yeah. Such a good on that. Or if we get questions from other people, other listeners and stuff, we can bring that on. So I think that'd be a fun episode. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 100% okay with, you know, even introducing Chance to this thing and just, you know, asking him, you know, cause he's, oh, that'd be- he loves this. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to fall in love with the two of you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Easily. Easily. Right. Well, uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. And thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll be back next time with another new episode for today. I am Miles Weber. I am Heather Weber. Susan Thompson. We'll see you soon. We will see you guys next time. Thank you very much. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.